Warm intros run the world. It's how humans translate trust with each other. If you want to break into a network, get someone from that network to vouch for you and getting in is much easier. With that said, I don't know how this has happened, but in 2023, getting a warm intro has never been harder. There are thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of people aiming to get into very exclusive networks. And the warm intro model isn't effective anymore. There's too much noise for the signal. So if you are a professional, if you're someone that wants to expand your network, what is someone to do? Well, you could spend your time cold emailing, sending LinkedIn emails, and hoping one of 100 people replies gets you a coffee meeting that leads nowhere. Or you could do something different. And today's episode is sponsored by SeedScout, which allows you to do something different. SeedScout is a platform that allows you to request introductions to other people on the network with a click of a button. No more sending long emails, no more sending, doing all this research, right? It's simple. You send an intro request. If they want to meet you, they accept, and you're instantly introduced. SeedScout is an alternative way to expand your network that gives someone more context than a cold email, but it's faster to achieve than that warm introduction. So if you are a sick of spending hours, days, weeks, months, even years trying to break into new networks and you just want to try something new, I would check out seedscout.com, S-E-E-D, scout.com. Let's get into today's episode and thanks for listening. What is going on, everyone? Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Forward Thinking Founders. I am very grateful to have your attention, at least for the next 15 minutes of this episode. Forward Thinking Founders is a podcast where I interview pre-seed and seed stage founders about their products, what they want to build into the world, and why. We dive into how they spend their time, what's their vision, what's the origin of stories, all these things, so you can learn all about what's coming tomorrow. Because these companies haven't hit critical scale yet. Most of them haven't hit product market fit. These are just early stage companies, and the big question is, what can this be? And in this podcast, we bring that out. So with that, I really hope you enjoy your time listening to today's episode. And I've already done 200 plus, so if you like this one, listen to some of the other ones, like with Imadi Kund, Austin Allred, Leah Culver. We have great interviews, so check it out. Enjoy the repository, and for now, let's get into today's episode. Here we go. All right, how's it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Forward Thinking Founders, where we talk to founders about their companies, their visions for the future, and how the two collide. Today, I'm very excited to be talking to Brian Machado, who's a co-founder of Globe. Welcome to the show. How's it going? Good. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Yeah, excited to have you on. Looking forward to learning more about what you are working on. For people that haven't heard of your company, that haven't heard of Globe, what are you working on? Yeah, so we work on a bunch of stuff. We're super early, um, but the initial thesis was that we wanted to make software that helped humans collaborate and work on complex, uh, like com- large large products which have lots of information related to them, which is like going to be the future of most things. Um, so, and nowadays that in- includes mostly working with language models to try and distill information, um, reformat it, move its representation to make it easier for humans to, I guess, make use of it. Well, so of the, of the things that you're working on within Globe, is there one or two projects or initiatives that are taking up most of your, your, your mind share? Or I guess, tell me about a couple of things that you're working on within the company. Yeah, so I mostly do uh, just experiments on how can we use... So like language models are like extremely new and we're kind of just figuring out how to incorporate them into our workflows um, because they're so different than software like 1.0. So most of my time is actually spent on playing around with them 
and just sort of seeing like what are the um what do they enable like what are the new capabilities that we can use language models for i think one example that like is very obvious is like summarization um so most apps now have like ai summaries um or like uh you know change how the sound that kind of stuff and i think that's like kind of very clear and um, very simple and i think i'm working on like the next the next stage of that of like okay well what else can we do so uh, one example is we just dropped a demo called translator and you can translate um an idea or concept or really anything that you want to type into a text box uh into different like representations of what that idea means so like there's like a couple buttons you can press and it's like a you can make a diagram you can make a chart you can make a table you can make even a 3d model and the idea is uh a single phrase can mean many different things if you just want to force it to represent it differently which is like an interesting property of language model yeah absolutely i definitely agree it's the cutting edge and there there's a lot of work to be done here and you're obviously you know one of the ones working on it i'm curious like how did you get interested in language models or, or in other words like what's the origin story here why start globe why do these experiments you know what's the origin story yeah kind of it's kind of random. So I actually did robotics for like 10 years. Um, I did like a high school comp competitive robotics and then I did a bunch of internships in robotics. And so I actually like didn't write too much software. Mostly, I actually did most of mechanical engineering. Um, and, but I found that working on robotics, a lot of the, the problems um, impeding us from making robots is not really like our ability to, you know, design mechanical systems. It was actually like mostly working on big teams and sharing information and like moving quickly. So that's when I got to into like trying to write software to solve that problem. And then I was just like, I was like, I think probably one of the top first users of chat GPT, like right when it dropped, I like, I've convinced like a crazy amount of people to use and like pay for chat GPT. And just, I think it's just like, like, it feels really obvious to me that this is like the transistor of 2023. Or like this is like doping silicon. Um, it's just like that's like the step change that I feel like we've just achieved. And it's just like so fascinating to work with, and the solving that initial problem with this new technology is like I don't know. It's really like exciting for me. And I'm curious, was it hard to make the transition from kind of the robotics world to to this world? Do some of the lessons or skills apply? Like, walk me through a little bit of that transition there of skill set. Yeah, that's, that's a good question. Um, I would say I didn't find it too difficult. Um, but I don't, I don't tend to find like learning new things difficult. I would just say, if you want to learn it, uh, you just have to put the time. It just put, if it's like interesting to you, you won't really feel like it's difficult. I, you just enjoy trying things. Like obviously, like it's I'm not I wasn't good at it for a while. Um, and nothing really worked, but. Uh, it's just like, yeah, just spend a lot of time, uh, be persistent, have something that you want. Uh, for me, it was like mostly like having something I wanted to make. So that's usually like a really big thing is you can't just really want to learn just to learn. That makes it really difficult and, and undirected. But if you have something that you want to make, you have like a lot of direction and a lot of it'll like give you way more motivation too when like things aren't working. You're like, do you just really want the thing? And, and that's what helps you learn. Yeah, I feel that I, I like, you know, if you're actually interested in a subject, it, it doesn't really feel like work. It, it's just kind of like it's almost play. Um, so yeah, I liked it a lot. I'm curious, as you're doing experiments, 
like can you kind of walk walk me through an average day in the life like are you do you have a system for when you do different experiments is it just kind of what you feel like doing are you you know is there any structure at all is it all kind of just like going where your curiosity is and following that kind of gut feel of what you should be working on <clears throat> yeah i think there's definitely um different periods um so for example this summer we were doing the betaworks um accelerator so we were in ai augment camp and that was more structured where we would come in every day for like you know 14 hours and would sort of take our lessons from the previous day and try and figure out what worked and what didn't work and then try and pump out a new idea or prototype or, or something and show it to people like that evening or so and so that was more because we wanted to make use of that that time being around everyone in camp um these days i would say it's it's a little bit more fluid than it was before because we've kind of realized that building an intuition for what these language models are good at is probably the most important thing we can do. Um, and that kind of just takes like, you need to take, you need to like play around and take time and just like get a feel for like, like how they work. Cause they kind of emulate humans and, and like, that's, that's how you, um, you all like, I don't know, really good um, social skills come from sort of like, socializing a lot and also reflecting on your social situations and thinking about how they went and how you can improve and so kind of the same with language models it's more like yeah trying to get a do it a lot but um whatever it seems to be interesting we kind of try to move towards that and then bouncing idea we do a lot of idea bouncing like we probably brainstorm for a couple hours a day just like while we're eating lunch while we're eating dinner like say random stuff and and um, that helps a lot too Totally. It, sound, it definitely sounds like the right activities to be spending on based on with the stage of the company and also the stage of the technology. Like, you know, it, it's so early. So if you if you're if you're to you like we're doing this, you know, for the next 10 years with such a new technology, yeah. you'll probably you'll probably lose. Right. So it's definitely definitely the right way to think about it. I'm curious, like speaking of 10 years, like, you know, obviously you're not going to be tooling around forever. Like, you know, like at some point you might find something that hits, you might want to invest in it, things like that. So like, what does the next 10 years look like for Glover? In other words, like what's your vision for this and where do you see it going over the next decade or two? Yeah, that's a long time. <laughs> or five um, years, whatever, whatever you want to, however far you want to look. I would say like the future that I want to see happen is I feel like a lot of engineering today, we use like really old tools uh like and um because it's just really hard to get feature parity on current tools so like things like solidworks ultium katia cadence synopsis there's a lot of um these softwares which look like they haven't been updated in a long time and because they haven't <laughs> and um and there's also just not there's a lot of software that's just missing like, like there's like these pieces of the of the engineering puzzle particularly in hardware engineering that's just mi totally missing so like, for example, software, like, I feel like software people are a little like, they have, they have a kind of good, they have so much tooling, they have so much dev tooling, like their CICD pipelines, automated testing. It's, um, it's a lot easier to like iterate quickly on software because of the automated testing and just a lot of integrations for developers. For hardware, you really only have the main tool that you, um, I guess, use for your particular discipline. So like, uh, electrical engineers will have like Ultium and they don't really have like a lot else. It's all like kind of botched. Everything else you need is sort of like, I'll just go do it in Excel or I'll just pull up a document 
um, you don't have like a lot of surrounding infrastructure to like make your life easier. So what I would like the vision I really see for like the future of engineering is I just want it to be sort of seamless, sort of all around. So like mechanical engineers can fluidly communicate their changes to electrical engineers and software engineers. And I want Globe to be able to enable those kind that kind of fluid communication where people can make changes as they feel and not really have to do a meeting every time they want to change like a very small piece of the puzzle out, um, which is like actually how it currently works right now. You want to change literally anything on any piece of hardware and you basically have to have a meeting. And in order to make that happen, you know, how do you, how, how do you like make that come to life? Right. Like, you want some help to make it happen, right? It takes a village to make a startup work and scale. So my question for you is how can the forward thinking founders community help you make that vision come to life? Are you hiring? Are you fundraising? You're looking for, for customers, people to just like, you know, brainstorm with you. Like, how can we help you make this come to life? Yeah, I've actually been really kind of biased with how much support people are willing to offer in the startup community it's been really it's been like really awesome um the, and maybe i'm not great at asking for help uh and that's probably something i need to work on but i think the thing we usually say is that really we're it, it's really uh tough to know what what to ask for that could help at this stage because i think really what we're looking what, what we're trying to do is come up with key insights which only come with like deep experience uh working on the subject and then like personally like, just having an intuition on how to solve this because there are a lot of people who see like this problem i'm not the only person and thus far no one has really come up with a widespread solution that is like just the standard in industry so clearly it's a difficult problem i think as far as help um we're not yeah we're not really hiring right now we may take on an intern Lorkeen. We did do a hackathon to try and find people who may be interested in, in work with us. We do some open source stuff. Um, we have some open source repos. Um, so our goal there is just to see if people poke around, um, want to make any changes, talk to us. We have a community discord too for people. So we are open to meeting people. I would say like our biggest goal is probably to try and make a community of applied language model engineers. Uh, that's probably like, the best thing like that we're trying to do right now. Um, to share insights, like share our experiments together, like tricks, things we've learned, all that kind of stuff. That's like the that's like the biggest um outward thing that would be probably super helpful. So like I guess if anyone knows um language model applied AI engineers <laughs> working on sort of software 3.0. Um yeah, probably like who we're looking for. Cool. And, and if anyone is, you know, that persona or those people that just want to learn more or follow along with what you're doing, where can people find you online? Do you have a website, a social media presence, an email address, like telepathy? Like how, how can someone stay connected to what you're doing? Yeah. So we have a website, uh, globe.engineer. Um, you can find us on Twitter, globe underscore engineer. Um, and then our GitHub is, our org is just globe dash engineer. Um, and my my email is brian at globe.engineer if you want to shoot me an email. So cool. Well, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. I really appreciate it. And best of luck in building this out. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me. This has been super fun.